Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. I am Ray Rodriguez and welcome to Hotel Moment. Uh, joined today by Nicholas, if you want to tell us a little bit about yourself. Good afternoon, Ray, and love being here and a chance to talk to you. To everyone, I am a uh, hospitality advisor for our Ani Group, which has a hospitality product called Level Long Stay Furnished Suites. I'm very excited because this is a relatively new role for me coming over from the subsidiary hotel uh, called Opus Vancouver that Ani ran. And I'm here to talk about everything to do with hospitality with you. So we'll take it away. Awesome. Awesome. Very good. Yeah, I guess starting off, tell us a little bit about Level, a bit about what your uh, team's business model is and a bit about the hotels and uh, properties themselves. Sure. Uh, good starting point. So Level Suites uh, and Extended Stays have several properties located in what I would call premier cities. We have Vancouver, Los Angeles, Chicago, and a brand new one op opening up uh, in Seattle, which we're really excited about. Yeah. And really to capture it, Level is about providing that spacious, well-designed, thoughtful suite that has things like a patio, gourmet kitchens, and the extra space for people to roll out and, and relax in, all combined with hotel services. So it's, it's the perfect marriage of both that allows for whether it's nightly stays, weekly stays, or extended stays for several months, located in the prime, vibrant neighborhoods in those cities that I mentioned. It's a perfect product for people looking for, what is it, the revenge travel? Is that the going yeah, term right now? That is. I believe right now we're going with revenge travel is the coin okay. phase. <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah, and that's actually a, a great piece because I mean, you look at CoStar's reports that they've been putting out and one of the biggest markets recovering is that luxury market. It's the families that are traveling who are opting to move to a suite style stay. So that's a prime example where Level could jump in, be that suite style stay, have your own residence essentially as well as geared towards that community living, those that are work, able to work remote are able to travel and be able to get themselves um, into a position where they are at a, a property like yours and be able to stay a very long time and enjoy the area and have something more than uh, necessarily a traditional hotel stay. So, so those that are looking for something a little more unique, a little different, so that's awesome. Yeah, I think you hit the point and people spaces is something that people are looking for now. The timing for level, the product that it provides is where people want to get out of their confined spaces that whether in their self-isolation, whether they just haven't been able to travel and they have that family unit that they want to travel with, it's a perfect uh, environment for us to be successful in. Definitely. Tell me a little bit about the amenities as well that you guys offer there. That, that's where the next level, no pun intended, comes into play here, where our properties have something for everyone. The range goes from uh, rock climbing walls that you can scale and get your exercise and, and do something out of the norm in the downtown core. We have basketball courts, full on professionally made basketball courts to get your hoops in. We have pools that are indoor, outdoor. Seattle will actually have three pools to choose from. Saunas, Whirlpools, the standard fare. There's a theater in Seattle that will be able to screen movies personalized that you will want to come in and watch, or something that will create movie night and have some you know fun with retro movies from the past. So it's a, a wide variety of amenities that get added into the guest experience with the space, with the guest services, and the typical amenities you'd look at a hotel when you're choosing a place to stay. Wow. Yeah. I was going to say that's, that provides, again, looking at that extended stay opportunity, it's a sense of community. It's a, it's more than just a, 
um, traditional piece, but then you have the extra amenities of a high-end property, you might see, or a high-end hotel that, or even, I guess, beyond that, really. I don't know many hotels that have a theater uh, built in there for screening or have three different pools to pick from. But while on that topic, actually, of Seattle, how has it been so far with going through the opening process and going through the changes and transitions now that we're in the pandemic happening here? It's a process. Construction is, is currently still ongoing. We're on track for a uh, Q1 2022 opening. So we're all excited. It's as the recovery, we get deeper into it. Properties that have something new to offer to consumers will have that fresh look and appeal. But it's a, an opening for a property I've involved with one already is a roller coaster ride. There's ups and downs as we go with the construction schedule and, and looking at how we plan out our critical path. And it takes all hands on deck to make sure you have a successful opening. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I actually, uh, in my experience, have opened a property as well. And uh, right. I felt at times we were taking a dartboard and uh, throwing a dart and saying, oh, I think it'll land right around that date. Uh, but <laughs> well, it's always a moving target. The dartboard. Land on the dartboard, then <laughs> you're good. <laughs> That's the first step. For first step, tracking the uh, FF and E was always fun and figuring out right. which crate it moved into and where that crate went. So definitely understand that one all too well. But that's great. That's awesome that you guys are continuing to progress forward. You're still on track uh, for everything, which definitely with everything in the pandemic, it seemed like for some of the new openings and new construction from we've heard from industry leaders as well, is that some of that got delayed because of the impacts of it, whether it was financing related or whether it was just related to construction crews being shut down. So it's awesome to hear that you guys were able to keep that going and keep that momentum going uh, and keep on track for that, for sure. Yeah, it's 282 rooms, two two 400 residential towers each. It was It's a big project, which takes a lot of organization and focus to uh, keep on track, as you say. Definitely, definitely. I, I guess, tell us a little bit about, too, what has, what has your team done to stay on track and try to keep that moving and keep that momentum happening? With Level Brand itself, we have to keep ahead of the game. We have to stay fresh. We have to keep making sure we're appealing to the right demographic, to the leisure, to the corporate traveler. Right now, Ray, we know corporate travel is going to take a long time to get back. And who knows what that time frame is looking like. So that small piece share of the pie is going to be very well sought after for all the, all the hotels. And so we're going to have the amenities, the services, and being very reactive to hearing what those corporate travelers are now going to be looking for. If they want to create those work spaces in our property, things like fast Wi-Fi, we'll know that's a typical one, an easy low-hanging fruit, but we got to make mm -hmm. sure all the boxes are ticked and we stay ahead of the game. For sure, for sure. It's this fast Wi-Fi, it's the APs uh, being able to handle load, handle the load from uh, their access point level there to make sure they can keep up with the demand of the other people in the area there. And actually looking with that in mind, you mentioned, of course, your experience with Opus um, and looking at Opus Vancouver. How has it been in the uh, States versus uh, in Canada there? Have you seen the differences and impacts with everything going on, whether it's from the level of the COVID initiatives to our hospitality industry in particular. Yeah, the pain that we had on either side of the border was hard, heartfelt. And I, I, I recall quickly back when we closed the property in April of last year, mm -hmm. definitely one of the hardest things I have ever done in my career. But the, the work back plan and the road to recovery, whether you're a hotel in the US or Canada, mm -hmm. is going to be about transparency and creating confidence. And 
that when your segmentation of travelers go to your website or they have that phone call with the reservation agent, there has to be that clear transparency that says, this is what we're doing to protect your safety. This is the protocols we have. And so when staff are questioned, they have to be genuine in their answers and not scripted. Because I think you and I, when we travel and choose a place where we want to go to, we want to make sure that we're getting the real information and that you have the confidence, especially with now today's environment around safety and cleanliness. That is the case. And it's not just Mm -hmm. some sales and marketing spiel that's being placed on the website. Definitely. In some ways, I know in the industry, they've used the word um, clean theater, where (laughs) essentially it's just showing off that we're cleaning. In the end, some of this is, of course, looking back at our industry, we've always been focused on cleaning and guest safety. And that's always been initiatives we focused on. Uh, Of course, now it's only further been enhanced and further, I would say, scrutinized, kept a closer eye on uh, to make sure we are following those items. Hilton, for example, rolled out their uh, little stickers on the door there with Lysol. That was a standard already. They were already cleaning and Lysoling different products, different areas of their guest rooms. Uh, They're just highlighting that now. So again, thinking back to that idea. Besides that, one of the things you touched on was looking at business travel. How do you feel business travel is going to impact and redevelop looking cross-border? But besides that, too, thinking back to 2019, our, one of the conversations I felt like we had a lot of, too, was leisure. It was that business leisure travel. How sure. do you feel that's going to be impacted and we're coming back as well? Yeah, that's the uh, billion-dollar question, Ray. <laughs> I think that all the <laughs> real smart people are you know, putting their forecasts out and uh, trying to predict where it goes. Will it get back to those 2019 levels? Or are there new trends that have been established over this past year that Mm -hmm. simply as a percentage of will, will stay on? And I think that's the question that none of us really can answer. Will there be more people who are working from home with less travel? How will conferences, citywide conferences mm-hmm. be impacted that sure. create the compression that all these hotels so much rely on? So it's, I don't profess to have any more answers than you would. We all have opinions. Yep. But I think once... There's a, a greater level of safety with travel, specifically mm-hmm. related to airlines. I mm-hmm. think there will be some momentum that will happen on the corporate and the business side in both Canadian and, and U.S. markets. And usually Canada follows the U.S. market uh, and oh, so yeah. far with recovery in, in that relative to the business community. And then hopefully behind that, the leisure travel, like to your point, the leisure will grow. And that there will be some synergies that as corporate travel increases, the leisure segment will do so as well. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to watch because exactly to your point, it's rebuilding that confidence really in our industry and hospitality. Myself, I, I was traveling just last week to Las Vegas for client meetings. So I had the opportunity to get on a plane, get out there, fly, do client visits and be able to be that business traveler. And it was really exciting to be back out there and being able to do that. And I felt like for my end, then my conversation and focus became, okay, cool. This visit's done. When's my next visit? When do I get my next trip out there as a business traveler being back on the road again, uh, be that road warrior? So that to me was exciting. But of course, I worked in the industry. I love travel. But to your point, hopefully, as soon as that travel bug happens, people start getting back out there. You get to meet clients, shake hands, and rebuild that relationships with clients again. 
that'll help re-engage and help redrive that business market and business segment. Hopefully you had good luck at the blackjack table or was it the slots? Neither actually. I didn't get a chance okay. to play. Oh, I was I was too busy, unfortunately. I didn't have okay. time for that. But yes, otherwise my my game of choice typically is going to be blackjack personal. So same here. Same here. Trip. <laughs> yeah. So I guess looking ahead, how is labor impacting you guys? When you look at whether it's your property in Chicago, Los Angeles, any of those, how's that going for you guys so far? Yeah, it's the critical question that every mm -hmm. hotel, as the recovery quickens and occupancies rise, mm -hmm. you have to be very fluid and nimble with your labor force. The challenges, I, I think whether you're in the States or in Canada, hospitality in pre-pandemic times ha have a lot of challenges that it, it's not a typically high paying industry. There's mm -hmm. of course positions that have gratuity based. Yeah. So it, it relied on a lot of the youth, the younger workforce to come in and, and it's really going to be dependent to your question, I think a lot on specific cities and the demographics and how they how that industry has been performing and, and where is their labor pool. I can tell you one thing for our two Vancouver properties that the less, the this constraints on immigration mm -hmm. that the federal government have had with the work visas has, will severely impact hotels in this market, their ability to hire more seasonal staff. It's a challenge that they will have to find new ways to overcome but it's something of consideration. So, and I don't know specifically in the States what work permits and visas have been during the pandemic and, and how tight that has been, but something to consider. Yeah, definitely. Well, and it's a very similar situation. I think uh, whenever I've seen the reports coming out, of, for example, being SeaTac, Seattle Tacoma uh, International Airport here in my local area, is that the international travel course is incredibly down. Domestic has seen a great uptick since 2019, but in the interior exact point, we're not seeing a lot of international travel. There's not a lot of work visas being issued. There's a not um, a heavy focus on that area right now. Uh, so definitely very similar. I know from the properties I've been connected with and have had different conversations with, a lot of their focus has moved towards looking at those folks who are coming home from college and have their summer available and then they're staffing up that way. But you look at markets such as Orlando, where we had a conversation with some uh, leaders over there recently, where they were talking about normally for a housekeeping role, they'd pay $14, $15 an hour, have a great applicant pool. Uh, now they've had to push to $18, $19, almost $20 an oh. hour just to get people to engage and be interested. And some of the comments I've seen in just different groups and such that they've said that there's even fast food has started to push their pay up to $18 an hour just to get applicants because it is such a competitive market and competitive field in general when it comes to hospitality or uh, service industry as a whole. Uh, so right. definitely being hugely impacted. So it's going to be interesting to see, to your point, how that impact continues to uh, grow and happen and how we all adapt to it and try to find a ways to make it, make it better. So I know one of the things, I'm not sure if you've seen it, Dr. Peter Ritchie with Florida Atlantic University had did a study recently that got published on how the impacts of the staffing has been and in the pandemic in our industry. And that uh, to your point, not a lot of people um, get paid well in the industry necessarily. And as the uh, motto in the industry is you're a glutton for punishment when you're here and you enjoy being punished because in the end, we're going to hear things a lot of different ways and be impacted a lot of different ways. But in the end, we love hospitality. We love the industry. We love 
conversations with people. So for us, it's very natural to, you know, take that and make the best of it. With that, though, in his study is that one of the biggest things he pointed out too was that industry veterans uh, who have been there 10 plus years who know the ins and outs of properties or ins and outs of the industry are leaving and leaving at an alarming rate. So with that is now bringing in these junior folks who don't have that ability or have that trainer to help them. Has your team started looking at that and trying to figure out how you're going to best position your uh, teams for success, especially looking at Seattle with their launch and trying to full pull into uh, that pool in that market? Yeah. And that's the critical piece of establishing culture. And, and you quite mm-hmm. commonly hear how a successful organization, whether it be the hospitality industry or not, they have a, a great work culture. And I think what you're speaking to, Ray, is hiring the right people, hiring leaders who know how to create that environment that then people prosper in. And hospitality, I've always maintained, is it's not rocket science. You, you just got to <laughs> love dealing with people. And it has to be genuine. And that if you really care about the person you're working with, and as long as, uh, I'm sorry, I care about the guest you're working for, then a lot of good things happen. And hotels are going to have to really, I, I feel like the hotels that position themselves and tried as best as they could to look after their crew, that during this last horrendous year that we've all gone through a lot of turmoil with, the organizations that try to recognize, try to support and be there collectively as one, they will be so far ahead of the hotels that maybe didn't prioritize that. And maybe the bottom line got a little bit too far in front of their face. And hey, it's a business and there had to be harsh decisions made. But hopefully the ones that kind of infuse more of the, the people element and about who are we and who's our team, they will be so far ahead because like you say, the, there's going to be a scramble and I don't know how, you know, why this pool of resources of employees are going to, or candidates will be out there, but yeah. the hotels, uh, once we hit into the summer and the recoveries in Canada, we say the hockey stick, like this kind of curve, Yeah, for uh, sure. <laughs> then it's going to be a race to who gets not just a beating heart and with a pulse, but mm-hmm. who gets the best candidates. And and hopefully you've already had that core of really strong individuals, to your point, to create that leadership and that continuity. So when new staff come on, it continues on successfully. Definitely. And and I think you touched on a very great point. It is that culture. It's those who have taken the time to make sure they're putting their efforts into it. One of the industry leaders that we spoke with during a, a conference we were at, he mentioned that one of their big focus was taking care of the managers, taking care of the people who stayed on through the pandemic and really trying to focus on rewarding them. One of his personal reflections was that reward he didn't anticipate would be, hey, I need you to help me work more hours because I am busier, but I don't have anybody to put in your hotel to work for you. That was his reflections. I want to enable them. I want to reward them and thank them for that. But I also don't have staff to put there. And so it's, it's a double-edged sword in a lot of ways. That those that did stick it through did fight, you know, that tooth and nail to make sure hotels were taken care of, keep heads in beds, and really push hours. When I was in sales for hospitality, I biggest thing I focused with my team was we bring in the staff, uh, bring in the business, keep the staff working. If we don't provide the business, the hours aren't going to be there. Uh, that means our housekeeping staff isn't able to work. It means our front desk agents don't have hours. Uh, when you uh, dial it down to the 
uh, nitty gritty picture of it. Without those hours, there's not food on the table. There's not rent payments being made, car payments being made. So we really provide that lifeblood and really keeping that in perspective. Definitely something I, I've heard from a lot of people in the industry. They really tried to push hard on and really was a, a big driver and a big piece of what they did. But I, of course, know, and I've heard too, the same token that a lot of people are tired from this too. To your point, there's a level where the culture does really impact that as well. I worked for a company before who had guiding principles for their hospitality, and they lived that day in, day out and made sure that all of their staff uh, felt that those principles are how we should live. And if you decided to, I would say, go rogue and do your own thing, have your way of why we should do something and it fit with the principle we had, great. Then you know what? We'll give it a try. See where it goes. Yeah. But it's that culture of believing in your staff, enabling your staff and rewarding them. I'm exactly to your point. A big challenge I've been hearing too is that hiring new staff and going back to the Orlando, for example, where you're paying $18, $19 an hour, you've had these housekeepers who have been here for a long period of time who aren't making that money, who are making that 15 an hour. They're not seeing the pay raise, even though your new person, new person coming in is seeing that pay raise. So that's definitely been a lot of the conversation I've heard. And it's great, though, that to hear that your team is keeping that at the forefront of your thought process of how do we make sure to take care of our people yeah, um, for that uh, exact reason. I, I, I agree. Everything you said, I, and I think it really also, it's interesting if you hire people with the same type of uh, vision or, or values, let's call mm -hmm. it, that they hold dear personally, that then uh, reflects what the, hotel, what the organization looks at, whether it's respect or recognition, empowerment, things that you can correlate both ways, then you get the perfect match and, and everything you described then starts to happen. And it's not just about the hourly rate because then, then you have so much more layers to why that person loves coming to work exactly. and, and whether it's team building exercises and, and just ways to recognize people because everyone at the heart of it, we all like to be feel like we're needed. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so for sure. I, I think that really is going to play even a bigger role as we as we try to recover from, from the last year. For sure. Well, and to that exact point, it's on a leadership level too. Uh, you recognize everybody from the line level employee all the way up through managers beyond the, the point of establishing a family, a culture there. But it also means, especially during a time right now, when you need the support, you need the help where they can reach out to friends, a family that they know who are looking for roles, who may have been in the industry, who uh, are in a subset of the industry and bring them in say, hey, I love where I work. You should yeah. come work here with me. That's one of the biggest you know, things on that is referral business as we have it in sales. In this case, referrals to bring in new employees, people that want to be your champions and say, I love what I do. I love who I work for and who I work with. Yeah. Definitely is a huge impact. I recall a couple of times in the past years on TripAdvisor, Opus Vancouver, we all look at TripAdvisor mm -hmm. and uh, the reviews there are impactful and important to hear what our guests are saying. And I would always warm my heart when I would read reviews where a guest commented that the staff looked like they truly enjoyed their job. Definitely. If, if a guest is picking up on that, then you know that then that guest is feeling welcome. And, and if you feel welcomed, whether you go to a house party, a hotel, a restaurant, yeah. you know, that then a lot of good things happen after that. So I think it's such an important piece of the hospitality puzzle. It is. Well, and it pays dividends for sure, for sure. And I guess with that in mind, I think this would be a great opportunity to share a bit about how you build that culture, how, especially now with everything happening, 
what tips, tricks, ideas, other properties could take from this and help bring that culture, that sense of family, that sense of uh, referral business, as we called it, bring all that into their properties, into their day-to-day activities? Sure. And it's a great question. And I think the organization has to first understand who they want to be. You have to have that clear mission statement of, okay, this is what we will determine our Northern star of where we're heading. And then how are we going to get there? We, what you know, tools do we need and what type of people we need to bring onto the organization? And then when you have a clearly defined structure of, okay, this is who we want to be, then you just have to go out and find those people. And, and sometimes it's easier said than done. And Lord knows I've, I thought we were hiring the right person and you go into the left field. But more often than not, if you, during a search process and you're very clear and transparent with what a successful candidate will be, mm-hmm. the other person on the other side is going through their mind thinking, and they're being honest with themselves, yes, this sounds good, that sounds okay, more questions. And you try to get to that point where everyone's being honest and there's no interview like dancing and you find the right people. Because to to answer your question, you gotta get the people who are all on the bus committed Mm -hmm. to what you want to achieve. Because then you're all working together and there's gonna be some bad days. And there's gonna be some days where the bus swerves a bit and you'll knock your heads against the window. But for the most part, you're going to be successful and you're going to enjoy that typical saying, fun, having fun at work. I, I, after all these years, I think it's so important. I still feel like I'm blessed because I don't feel like I go to work. I I really enjoy meeting my team and and getting together and solving issues and, and working as one. It sounds a little corny, but I think at the end of the day, if you actually wake up on Monday morning going, great. I got another week ahead and you're looking forward to it in a lot of ways. I think you're a very lucky and happy person. Definitely. Well, and it's not corny at all. That's why they came up with the saying, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. Because it's exactly what you said. It's not going to work. When you are in hospitality, to your point, the bus will swerve. It's going to have its hiccups. But that's one of the joys, right? We never, you go into work and no day is ever going to be exactly the same. There's always going to be something that's going to throw you for a loop or change in your day-to-day basis. And the fun part, I always loved about hospitality. You always meet people from around the world who have their own perspective and things and really provide you a new outlook on life in a lot of ways. And you can pull tidbits from different things and gain different areas of information. And it's always a uh, very, to your point, an uplifting experience where you can get a lot from it. So definitely a very valuable industry to be in. So I think that's one of the biggest things too. And maybe on your end, real quick here, just how do you convey or how would you convey to those that are interested in the industry who are looking potentially into hospitality or those of us who are trying to recruit people into hospitality? How would you convey that to them? Or what's a quick synopsis of what you would say is why you should be in hotels? I would say one of the biggest things is getting well, understanding what you really want for the future. What is your passion? Mm -hmm. And for people that are looking at the hospitality industry, you touched on a couple things, but one, a little bit of unknown. And it's not the financial industry of doing ABC every day, potentially, when you come into Mm -hmm. work. Because one day in the hospitality industry, it'll be CBA or BCA. Um, And that kind of uncertainty and unknown 
um, portion about that role, whether it's the front desk, whether it's sales or accounting, the variety of departments in a hotel, that to me has always appealed. But so then you have to be really honest with, do you like that kind of work environment? Do you like mm-hmm. that little bit of uncertainty? Do you like the meeting new people and international guests and meeting and understanding different different lives that are coming in across and crossing paths in front of your role and how then you can make a difference? Because whatever the role that you play in, in, in a hotel, you really do have an opportunity to make a difference for that guest. I firmly believe that uh, a housekeeper has just as much influence as a general manager and potentially even more so because they will have that maybe that two minute interaction mm-hmm. that that could turn around that guest day and make that warmth that welcoming feeling happen and then all of a sudden that guest is looking at their experience in a different light so i think individuals who are looking at the at, at potentially working in a hospitality a, a hotel they're, they're have to be, they have to be real with their personalities and see, am I genuinely a people person? Do I truly, am I interested in being, being with a group of people trying to be the best we can, whether it's uh, a Red Lion or a Four Seasons Hotel? It, it, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter on the brand. It's what matters is what you bring day to day. And if there's a fit there, I, I think it's one of the most rewarding industries that you can be in, whether whatever age, it, it, it just really gives a lot back, I find. And depending on what you, of course, give. Of course. Wow. Said, I don't think I could have said that any better for sure. That's perfect. We should take that, put it on a poster. Uh, we'll take this clip and <laughs> oh, thanks, put it right. out there. <laughs> Very well said, sir. So I appreciate that. I guess on that note, that wraps us up for hotel moment for this week. So definitely appreciate that. And, uh, Wonderful feedback there, Nicholas, and wonderful information to share with everybody. So definitely look forward to the next podcast with everybody and sharing more tips, tricks, and ideas. Nicholas, inspiring right here. So this would be great. Love to. Thank you very uh, much, Ray. Definitely appreciate it. I appreciate the time of being on your show. Thank you so much.